right, it's episode five of the Reawakening podcast. Today is part two, as we're talking about laying the foundations of reawakening in our lives via humble, wholehearted, radical obedience to God in everything. I said last time that humble, wholehearted, radical obedience seeks to obey God in everything, in every nudge of the Spirit, and seeking to live in a courage beyond comfortable, a boldness beyond blending in a full obedience which is not complying with some sort of minimum standards. Moving towards this kind of obedience is a huge part of the path of seeing our hearts reawakening towards God, moving from where we are to feeling more fresh and alive in Jesus. Whenever I find my fire for God, my, my feeling of freshness and closeness, not what I want it to be, one of the first things I do is I assess myself in the area of obedience. What we did last time was we sat down with Jesus for a time of assessing with him how we're doing in the area of obedience. We looked at the first four questions we might ask when we assess how we're doing. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna hit the next four questions and end by talking about the path towards having real joy in your life and how it's connected to living God's way, living the way that God has made you to live. It's it's also connected with the joy of seeing God do surprising things through you that you would have never experienced had you said no to the things that God was asking you to do. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, episode four, I encourage you to hit pause and, and first go back and listen to that one and then come back so that this will make more sense. All right, so the first four questions from last time were these. Number one, Jesus, is there anything I'm not doing that I'm supposed to be doing? Number two, Jesus, how am I doing at acting in small faith demonstrating ways, stepping out in appropriate obedience to what you've spoken to me about in the days to come? Thirdly, Jesus, in your opinion, am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is currently prodding me to make in purity? And fourthly, Jesus, in your opinion, am I, am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is currently prodding me to make in my lifestyle? Again, I want to remind you as, you as you continue this assessment that some of you are naturally prone to be hard on yourselves, not very gracious, while others of you are maybe too gracious and need to take obedience a bit more seriously. Remember, if you're naturally a bit rough on yourself, this is a good, grace-filled assessment. We're humbly coming before Jesus not to be judged or condemned, but for helpful feedback because... Our heart is to come into better alignment with Him. And, and because it's to come into better alignment with Him, He loves that. And there's just so much grace for, for us as we're genuinely seeking God and His feedback. For those who tend to be very gracious to yourself, I just want to remind you that obedience is a big deal. It does impact our relationship with Jesus. And if you truly want to have a close and reawakened heart towards God, being bold in the area of obedience to God and everything is something to take very seriously. Again, you know what message you need and which one you don't. So just apply them rightly and uh, yeah, just please apply them rightly. Okay, so we are assessing our lives with Jesus. And so for me, again, what I do is I sit down in my Jesus place and I'm going to spend time asking Jesus some questions in prayer and writing down the things that come to mind. And at first, remember, we're not assessing the things. We're just writing them down. We're writing down everything and then we can pray through them and assess them later. Okay, so it's time for question five. Fifth question is this. Jesus, 
Am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is prodding me to make in ministry and work and home and life? You like what I did there? I just made four questions, one question. Jesus, am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is prodding me to make in ministry and work and home and life? And you're probably going to have to break that up a little bit and kind of pause at each one of those words and, and, and kind of be asking Jesus about that. But I remember when, when God asked me to change my morning routine in a way that I personally thought was absurd and, and unreasonable. And, but after a little while wrestling with God in prayer about how I just, it's just not going to work, it's not going to work for the people in my life, it's just, this is a bad idea, I don't, I don't feel good about this idea. After I got past wrestling with God's plan for my mornings, and I finally said yes to God and, and his asking of a different routine. It genuinely changed my life. Maybe God's prompting to you uh, is about changing your job, but, but you're afraid and you don't know what's next. Or maybe God's saying to stop volunteering in this ministry that you've been serving in for a long time and maybe jump into this different one. Maybe God's asking you to come home from work happy, like happy with some energy to bring, to bring joy and, and life into your home, to, to shift the atmosphere in your home instead of coming home like exhausted and just, and, and just worn out, like being intentional about walking in to bring a positivity into your home and, and your ministry into your, your home, maybe your wife, your kids, your flatmates or whatever. Maybe God's challenging you to interact with your parents better or your family members better. Now, this is a big question. I get it. It's these four words, a big question. But, but when God is asking for change, we want to be committed to trusting him in this. Trusting him in these nudges and in these leadings. Sometimes I find that I've forgotten changes that God's asked me to make. And so one of my sub questions here might be, Jesus, is there anything I'm forgetting that you've already asked me about? Like, help me remember. Help me remember. Okay, so that's number five. And that question, it, it might take some time as you're kind of praying through this and just kind of listening and making your notes. Again, question number five. Jesus, am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is prodding me to make in ministry and work and home and life? Question number six is this. Jesus, am I only half obeying you and feeling like that's good enough? Am I only half obeying you and feeling like that's good enough? In the first half of 2019, I was teaching on King Saul. And one of the things that God asked King Saul to do was to wipe out the Amalekites, which he basically did. I mean, he rallied the nation. He went on this mission that God had given him. But he spared the king and only the king of all the people and some of the best animals. Now, again, remember what he did do. He wiped out, it says, every man, woman, and child of all the Amalekites. We're talking heaps of sheep and animals. He basically did everything that God asked him to do. This huge military campaign. And he only compromised on two tiny little things. One human being and some of the best of the animals. And as a result, God rejected him as king. He basically did everything pretty much that God asked him to do, but there's a vast difference between pretty much and obedience. 
Most people think that obedience is like an award system. You know, God asks you to do something, and so anything that you do connected to the ask gives you an, an award or some perks or some spiritual bonus points. So like God would say, hey, Brian, go pray for that person. And you'd be like, well, I didn't pray for them, but I did talk to them. And actually, I even talked to them about God and God stuff. So that was a win. Even though I didn't pray, I probably got like a 85, 90% on that assignment. I, I'm going to call that a, 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 a solid A. That's that's a number I can live with. I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay with that. Even though I didn't pray for them, I, I had intentional God conversation and, and it was good and it was, it was positive. The thing is, that's not really how it works. God said, pray for them. Did I pray for them? No. So no matter how much intentionality I put behind that, no, no matter how much God stuff there was there, I didn't actually obey even though I stepped out because he asked. We tend to feel pretty great if we have any God-motivated intentionality behind our lives, that, that God's going to be happy with anything we do in the direction of obedience. That's just very much not true. Mostly obey is still disobey. Saul's kingship is rejected because he mostly, mostly obeyed but didn't fully obey. And, and so we need to repent over, over that stuff. And we need to return to seeking to obey God in everything, this radical uh, determination to obey God in everything. Jesus, am I only half obeying you and, and feeling like that's good enough? That's a, that's a really crucial, crucial and convicting question. How about the next question? Jesus, am I sinning in obvious ways? It's time to do something about that, guys. Am I sinning in obvious ways? Again, you know. We're talking obvious ways here. You know. You know there are things that you're doing that you totally know are wrong. But because you like it or you're addicted or you're just unwilling to be uncomfortable or for whatever reason, you've just been continuing with whatever sin, just kind of letting it go. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you're not really going to worry about it right now. I just, eh, whatever. I know that it's happening. No, no, no. It's time to stop. It's, it's time to have a come to Jesus moment where you repent and, and you recommit to living a godly life in this area. Maybe it's in how you're treating people or, or maybe someone in particular. Maybe you're just refusing to forgive or, or you're refusing to restrain your ungodly anger or your ascetic attitude towards them or your critical spirit towards someone. Or this could be any ungodly, unchristlike behavior. Look, you know you. You, you know you, if, if you want to live the reawakened life in Jesus, these obvious ones, these obvious sins, we need to repent of and, and stop. No, no matter the cost, no matter, no matter how uncomfortable, we, we just need to make the break. And we need to return to godliness and that commitment to living a godly life in Jesus. Talk to Jesus about those things. You, you can talk to him openly and freely about how difficult it is for you to address this behavior. You can have very humble, obvious chat with God. God, I, I really am struggling. I'm, maybe I'm enslaved to this. I, I'm, I'm in bad patterns. I'm in, you know, I, I'm, I'm just so normally 
uh, off when I speak to people and I, you know, be gracious to me, have mercy on me, help me, grant me a different spirit, grant me a love for people that I'm not really uh, caring about. Give me your your heart for this situation. Give me your passion for purity. Now, I'm not saying you're saying God changed me so that I will make an effort. You're going to try and step out in obedience. You're going to try and step out in, in, in obedience, but you're also going to have those humble chats. God, help me as I walk in your way, as I'm attempting to take those steps forward. Talk to Jesus about those and, and then commit to making the change. Okay, that's number seven. Uh, the final question for our assessment is this one, number eight. Jesus, am I sinning? Am I offending you in ways I'm not currently aware of? Am I sinning or in offending you in ways that I'm I'm not currently aware of? And, and this is a humble question. This is not the time to have a theological debate with your spirit, to get technical with, with the Bible as you, as you ask this question. Maybe, so you ask this question and maybe you write down what comes to mind. Now, depending on, on what you're like, some of you are going to fight and reject every thought that comes to mind. No, Jesus, you, I can't. There's no verse that says that this is the, actually the wrong thing to do. And, 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 and you might just get super defensive and want to fight and, and be like, oh, this is, this is all wrong. And you can't, you can't make, okay. You get it? Some of you are just fighters and defensive. Others of you might feel guilty over every thought that comes to mind. Now, I'm not there. And there's no way that I can say that everything that comes to your mind is of Jesus. It needs to be tested. It needs to be prayed through. It needs to be evaluated. Does this seem in alignment with God and in His perfect holiness or not? Is, does this seem biblical? Okay, this one could be tricky and, and, and personal, for example, maybe someone's playing the lottery and, and God's going to tell them to stop. And, and, and you're like, oh, hey, hey, that's, that's not a sin. God, that's not a sin. And, and you know, right enough, it's hard to put a verse on that one, uh, a passage on that one. But, you know, Jesus, who knows your heart, knows that there's a grip of greed in that for you. And maybe that there's a heart motive that's distasteful to God and His holiness, and He sees that there's some some gambling issues going on there. He sees some there's some greed issues there, and and He knows what's best for you. And so Jesus says to you, "Hey, stop with the lottery, or stop with the scratch tickets, or stop with the poker nights, or stop whatever." And you're like, "But poker night is an outreach," and He's like, "Stop," because there's something else going on. Now, I'm not saying that's a sin for everyone. I'm definitely not saying that for sin for everyone. This is about asking God about you. God, am, am I doing things? Am I offending you in ways that I'm not currently aware of? Is there things going on in me that you want to see change and shift? Humble, wholehearted, radical obedience to God and everything is humbling. And it's challenging. But the eyes of the Lord says Second Chronicles 16, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. And the context of that is definitely committed to Him in full obedience in everything. Maybe while you're feeling the tension of obeying God in everything versus what you would prefer to be doing, you could ask yourself this while you're, while you're in that tension. God, why am I struggling so much with obedience? Why am I struggling so much? Am I caring too much about what other people think of me? Am I caring too much about fitting in? Am I caring too much about being accepted? Am I caring too much about my own instant gratification and happiness? Do I even care about 
walking with God these days? Do I have apathy going on? If I was going to quickly give you some simple tips when it comes to growing in the area of obedience, I guess what I would say about this humbling way of life, and it is a humbling way of life, and as you're working through these questions, it, it, it's, it's, it's humbling to take these questions before God is challenging. I was talking to my mom since the last podcast, and, and my mom was like, wow, these are, these are heavy questions. These are hard questions to, to ask. And, and yeah, this is deep stuff. This is not some sort of game that we're playing. This is deep, soul-cultivating stuff. If I was going to give you some tips when it comes to growing in this area, I would say, I'd say this. Number one, don't give up in any unsuccessful restart. God's grace is on the humble who are setting their hearts to move from here to there, from less obedience to more obedience. And if you mess up, it, it's not about failing. and it, You try again. Go back to Jesus, repent, recommit, and try again. And, and keep doing that for the rest of your life if you need to. Never giving up on this humbling road of trying and trying and trying again. Number two, expect your pursuit of obedience to God and everything to cost you. Maybe it's relationships or friendships or things you once got for free. Maybe you've been using someone else's Netflix password and God's convicted you. And it's like, that's actually, that's not okay. You're, 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 you're stealing. And, and now you, you find yourself having to pay because of integrity, because of godliness, because of this pursuit of obedience to God and everything. You find yourself having to pay money for, for, for Netflix, which you had previously gotten for free. Now, I'm, I'm amazed at, at how few people expect their commitment to following Jesus to not actually cost them either relationally or financially. Like I, I believe whatever we give up in obedience to God, he is able to return and more. Now, maybe you're like, I can't afford to pay for Netflix on my own or, or whatever the case may be. Okay. Then in obedience and godliness, you just, you just walk away and that's okay. You're like, but I've got these shows. No, you just walk away. God, obedience to God and everything is as much a much bigger deal. Expect your faith to cost you. But also, don't be surprised if it's rewarded someday. Thirdly, and I think this is the real secret, learn to connect obedience with real joy. Learn to connect obedience with real joy. There is an amazing connection between joy and obedience. And that right there is worth the cost of this free this free podcast. When you learn how to connect obeying God with joy, happy days. You, you can do this. Well, ultimately, it's a battle for truth versus how you feel. Maybe you're sitting here thinking to yourself, I feel this disobedience thing will make me happy. Actually, big picture, a life of godliness and holiness is so much bit better. There's, there's, there's no guilt. There's no shame. There's, there's no selfishness. There's, there's smile and, and favor and closeness with God that comes from walking closely to him. Disobedience is not the road to happiness, but God's favor and closeness and all that is, is so superior and so much more joy in that road. Maybe when you're, you're starting out trying to learn how to do this, you, you start by trying to seek to understand God's why. God, why? Why, why are you saying no about this? Is it, is it really stupid that he says no about this particular thing or that particular thing? Or is it actually hugely 
significant. Like, does he know, does, does God know you better than you know you? Does he have a better plan for your life than, than you do even? Okay, what's God's why? Maybe when you're, you're starting out on this journey, you could write down the results of every hard decision you made towards obedience to God and then track how it turned out both short-term and, and over time. And then I would say, because I'm a big fan of celebrating in big and little ways, celebrate the victories as you see it all come together, as you set out to follow God with humble, wholehearted, radical obedience to God in everything. When you look back for the week, Celebrate the victories you've made. As you look back for the month, what are the victories, the obedience victories? Celebrate them. Learning to connect obedience and real joy is a total life changer. I hope you found this podcast to be both challenging and helpful. I know I do. I know my mom finds it challenging. Uh, Next time, the plan is to start talking about the third major pillar, to, to start working on and cultivating when seeking to cultivate a heart that feels more fresh, alive, and, and reawakened to God. And, and ultimately, that's prayer. And we're going to be talking about prayer for a little bit. There's, there's lots of aspects of prayer connected to a reawakened heart. For now, thank you for listening. The challenge I give you this time is to work through these last four questions alone with Jesus. Set aside some time, maybe 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes or so. Pray slowly through these questions and, and take notes. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful or or think of someone who you know that might find it helpful, please take a moment and and help get the word out about this podcast. You can do that in three significant ways. You can subscribe to this podcast. The plan is to release a new podcast every two weeks, every three weeks maybe. Uh, If you hit the subscribe button, you'll be alerted when the next podcast is available. Secondly, you can rate and review this on iTunes. It's huge and, and takes a few seconds. Oh man, this is just so great and blah, blah. You know, that would be my preferred thing. But yeah, rate and review this on iTunes. Thirdly, get the word out on social media. If this is helpful to you, it might also be helpful to someone else. And it would just be so significant if you could take 20 seconds to share this on social media. Who knows? I think it's quite possible that some of the people who are following you on social media might be feeling further from God than they would prefer and might be wondering how they can rekindle that closeness to God. Again, thank you for for rating this and reviewing this and getting the word out. It makes a big difference. And specifically, it helps other people who are feeling stuck and dissatisfied with where their heart is to, to find this podcast and to get the help they're looking for. Thank you. My heart is to see our whole generation reawaken to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Some people can fumble through this path alone, but everyone does exponentially better with help. Amen.